What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 220, and it's the last episode before Halloween, so I figured we've got to do one more scary game. And the problem is we've reviewed practically every scary retro video game I've ever played on this podcast until a few years ago i didn't play a lot of scary games on account of my being a pussy but then i started getting into them i've played a lot of them and i think we've done them all resident evil 1 2 4 code veronica silent hill 3 zombies ate my neighbors i would argue that sonic adventure 2 was kind of scary uh, fuck i hate that game i'm sorry i know most of the castlevania games that i've played we've done episodes on so our options were basically resident evil 3 which we will cover at some point uh, or one of the most requested games we've ever had to review here on the show, which is the original Castlevania. It's obviously one of the most iconic games on the NES, arguably one of the most iconic games of all time. I don't even think that's arguable. I think it is one of the most iconic games of all time. And the truth is, I didn't play a lot of Castlevania growing up. We rented it a few times because I thought the box art was cool. As we, That's how we picked games back in the day for you young kids. Uh, and I thought Castlevania was fun until I ran into the Medusa heads on like the fourth or fifth level and I started dying over and over and then I would just rage quit and go back to playing Mario or something. And then I never really played any other Castlevania game until I launched Remember the game. And in the last few years, I've played Super Castlevania 4. Loved it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, mixed opinions. And Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Loved it. You can find all three of those episodes in the archive somewhere. I don't remember what numbers they are, but somewhere in the past episodes of Remember the Game, we've reviewed all those. But I still hadn't really sat down and just played the original version of the game. So I figured... Uh, we need a Halloween game. I like Castlevania now. I love tough NES games. Let's do it. Admittedly, my original plan for this episode was Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem for the GameCube. I just ran out of time to play it. So we will get to it at some point. I just couldn't squeeze it in. So I thought, Castlevania, I can squeeze this one in. So I basically did nothing but play this game for three days leading into the recording of this episode. And I'm proud to say that a few throne controllers and some profanity-laced tirades later, I went from never really playing Castlevania, Castlevania pardon me, to being able to beat it. Straight up, no save states. I was fucking proud. Three days. I'm pretty goddamn proud of that. I will actually be uploading a video of my full playthrough, including a very lengthy montage of deaths against uh, the Grim Reaper, the boss fight. As you, We'll talk about it on the episode. But I'll, up, I'll be uploading that to youtube.com slash remember the game in the coming days because I did it all over on Twitch. Uh, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh spent most of his past few days playing Castlevania as well to get ready for this episode. And we had a chat that's actually longer than the game itself about what's good, what's bad, and what's bullshit when it comes to Castlevania. <clears throat> the stairs, <clears throat> knockback, <clears throat> Medusa heads. Uh, and we'll get to all that in just a minute because speaking of bullshit, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. I feel like the infamous intro fits the Halloween episode because it's pretty scary itself. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're lots of fun. We talk video games and stuff. They're like the first few levels of Castlevania where you're just chilling out and whip stuff. We whip stuff around my house all the time. Uh, but if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll get right into Castlevania talk. All right. We have, I got to do my plugs. It's how I pay the bills. Don't worry. They'll be quick and they're fun. I, I can't, I gotta stop saying that. I gotta quit saying, don't worry. They're fun. Maybe they're not fun. Maybe you skip this whole fucking thing. I don't know, but I got to do my plugs. We 
have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kinds of stuff. Rocking art drawn by my man Joe at 4545creative.com. You can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the show. And of course, if you don't like clothes, I understand that. You can always just support us on Patreon because for just two bucks a month, you get two extra podcasts every single week. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show Game Patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and I add in my opinions and sprinkle some profanity on top and all that stuff and expansion pass goes live every thursday and it's a different type of show every week uh every single week i do game rankings console rankings we look back at characters specific systems generations there's some comedy episodes there's a ton of modern game reviews in there this past week on expansion pass i dropped my third mini indie review episode where i take three indie games that i want to review but don't know if there's a full episode there and i just give you a little bite-sized 10 to 15 minute spoiler free reviews for each game and this time around i covered shovel knight dig infernax and cursed to golf and as is becoming tradition during the intro here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass mini indie reviews volume three uh cursed to golf is available on everything nintendo switch pc both generations of playstation and both generations of xbox i played it over on the nintendo switch if you've never seen it or played it before it is a rogue i know listen a roguelike 2d retro style golf game yeah i don't and i don't think i've ever played anything like it and i was super excited to play this game because i love golf video games and it doesn't even matter to me i i love hardcore simulation golf games like the pga tour games but i really like games like hot shots golf and mario golf and cursed to golf and it does i like both i just i love i don't know what it is because i really just don't like that game in real life but i love watching professional golf and holy tits do i love playing golf games and i've never played one quite like curse to golf you play as a golfer that gets struck by lightning at the very beginning of the game he's like in the about to win like a major tournament and uh, his golf club gets struck by lightning and it gets sends him to golf purgatory basically gets sent to golf hell and to escape he has to finish an 18 hole golf course That's now available on our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 134, our topic was up to our patrons. And as it's the last Expansion Pass before Halloween, Adam's Top 10 Scary Games was the popular choice. So that's what I'll be doing, counting down my 10 favorite scary games, talking about a bunch of our listeners as well. It should be fun. So again, two bucks. Get to two extra shows every single week, plus instant access to over 250 archived podcasts, plus access to our ever-growing Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll, which is running right now until the end of October for a future game to cover on the show, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts, you can DM with me, and you get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons. MX Bora, Mikey Malarkey, Da Tummy Tickla. I like that handle. Uh, da Tummy Tickla. Boy Who Trades, Andrew B. A, a Track, A Track, A Track, Death Mentor, Madison Paradin, Tyler Kukulak, Adam Martinet, Mustache Fart. Those are the worst farts. Siguror, Siguror, Junkyard Dwarf. Ugh. I fucked that up. Black Widow, Brian Johnson, Porter Kid, Big Win 15, and Jose Ramirez. Thank you all so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. And to wrap up the sales pitch, three 
quick notes. Number one, Patreon finally gave us the option to change it. So when you sign up now, you won't get charged on the first of the month. I always used to tell people if it's toward the end of the month, wait until the first of the month because otherwise you'll get charged on like October 27th and then again on November 1st. Now they charge you the day you sign up every month moving forward. So if you sign up on October 27th, they charge you on November 27th. So you don't have to wait if you're like, I really want in, but I want to wait till the beginning of the month. I think you're safe now. I just wanted to throw that out there. We have annual memberships. If you sign up for a year, you save your 12th month on your year long subscription and five percent of our patreon every month this is by far the most important one will be donated to my remember the children 24-hour charity stream uh for the stollery children's hospital here at edmonton we're over twenty three hundred dollars raised now we still have a couple months to go and remember that that stream will be going down november 12th through november 13th 8 a.m mountain to 8 a.m mountain i'll be playing video games for 24 straight hours over on twitch to raise money for the Stollery Children's Hospital. So you can come by and hang out there. We'll have some prizes and stuff. Should be a lot of fun. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash member the game. Not remember, but member the game. Uh, anytime you want to come by. I have no set schedule. I just get on there whenever my comedy my comedy schedule allows it. All right? That's enough blowing myself. Enough plugs. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit <laughs> let's blow our first blower this week is vic vinegar who wrote in and said adam last year you said the slutty angry adam costume would be the hottest costume of 2022 yet i can't find it at my local spirit of halloween store are they just sold out is it a hotter costume than i could have imagined you want to know the truth vic vinegar i am slutty angry adam and i can't find a slutty angry Adam costume anywhere. So I do think it is absolutely the hottest costume. I think it's what all the girls are going to be wearing, what all the guys are going to be wearing. I bet you there's going to be a few kids getting thrown out of school because they decided to dress up as slutty angry Adam for Halloween this year. Uh, next year will be the slutty Molly the dog costume. My my dog, the CEO, and uh, pre-orders are already live for that at sluttymolly.com. For the record, I can't... <laughs> I have no I have no idea where that URL goes, but I can't be held responsible for whatever is actually at sluttymolly.com. You have been warned. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Vinegar. That's good stuff. Uh, Greg Bevington wrote in and said, Dear Mr. Blank, I was just curious to hear, what is it that got you interested in pursuing a career in stand-up? Who would you say is your biggest comedic influence? Much love as always. Um, you know what? I've talked about this a little bit before, but I don't mind. Uh, what got me into being a stand-up comedian was not wanting to drive a forklift for the rest of my life. And I'm not dunking on any of you that are driving a forklift listening to this right now. I drove a forklift for the better part of 15 years, and uh, I was pretty good at it. I like driving. Dude, driving a forklift is fun. It was honestly, it was less about driving the forklift and more about I hated working at Uline. And uh, I just wanted to try something different. I always thought I could be a comedian and just never gave it a shot. So in January of 2016, at the age of 32, I did my first ever open mic at a comedy club here in Edmonton. And then 10 months later, in October uh, of 2016, I walked out of my job at Uline after getting in a fight with my boss and decided to just take a run at being a comedian. And now it was six. It was it's uh, it's been six years earlier this month since I walked out of there to become a full time comedian. And I got incredibly lucky, but that that's all it was. I've just always enjoyed making, I'm not even that big a fan of standup. Uh, like you asked who my biggest comedic influence is. It's probably either, it's probably, I, I like to, I mean, I do a lot of crowd work now, which is just talking to the audience and making it up as I go, which I prefer. But when it comes to like writing jokes, I had somebody once describe me as Bill Burr meets Jerry Seinfeld. 
And I actually really like that because I would argue they are my two biggest influences. I'm definitely a cleaner comedian like Jerry Seinfeld, but Angry Adam has really kind of become part of my act. And I get pretty riled up on stage like Bill Burr. So I would say they're probably my biggest comedic influences, along with Bill Murray. Um, being a little kid, I love Ghostbusters and Peter Bankman made me always want to be the funny guy in my group. And I think I was, I think if you ask my friends they'd be like, he's a douche and he's kind of a knob and nobody really likes him, but he's pretty funny. Um, and I just have always wanted to be the funny guy in the group. So I, I say that's, that's what got me into it was I just didn't want to, I didn't want to just work a normal nine to five for the rest of my life. I wanted to try. And again, I really don't want to sound like I'm dunking on anyone. I just wanted to try something different and I just got very lucky. So if there's something out there you want to try, Take a step. You never know what can happen. I could never could have in a million years imagined that right now I'd be sitting here talking to the world about video games. And I have a comedy show tonight. I'm recording this right now, and then I'm headed to Jasper, Jasper, Alberta, to do a comedy show. So take your shot, man. You never know. Thank you, Greg, for writing in. DP Pooper. <laughs> I like that. DP Pooper wrote it and said, Hi, Adam. First time writing in. I actually believe this one. A lot of people say it's their first time writing in and I don't believe them. I believe you, Pooper, because I haven't seen your name before. DP Pooper says, Hi, Adam. First time writing in. Are you going to cover Gears of War at some point? Maybe for a milestone episode? Yes. Gears of War. I mentioned that Castlevania is one of the games I get asked to cover on the show a lot. Gears of War... Uh, I don't know if I would say it's number one now that we've done Final Fantasy Tactics, but Gears of War is near the top of games that people have asked me to cover. Uh, so I'll give you all a quick peek past the podcast here and give you a quick con uh, a quick peek at some future episodes. I haven't decided what order I'm going to do them in yet, but my loose plans for episodes 250 and episodes 300, which are obviously milestone episodes are gears of war and the last of us. I haven't decided which one will be on which episode yet, but I'm saving those two games for milestone episodes. So gears of war, 1 million percent. We'll get an episode at some point. Uh, super smash controls. Wrote in and said, hey, listen, I know that'll irritate you. It fuck it does very much. Fucking Navi. Uh, can Pokemon this is this this question blows my fucking mind. Super Smash Control says, Can Pokemon only say their name? Or are they named after the only thing they can say? And the problem with this question is I guarantee you somebody listening to this is going to fucking message me on Twitter or Instagram or Patreon or through my email or send a letter to my P.O. box or something and be like, uh, well, uh, technically it was proven in 1999 that the Pokemon actually are saying their names because that is their favorite thing to say or fucking something. I don't know. I would like to think that Pokemon are named after the only thing they can say. I think, and I, and I would love the idea that the only thing they can say in some cases is like a clever play on their name or like Ekans is snake spelled backwards or Pidgey just happens to look a lot like a pigeon. I, 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 I'm going to go with, they are named after the only thing they can say. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I, I, that, I love that fucking question. I would love, I would love to watch like a debate between like two diehard Pokemon fans about what the true answer to that is. Uh, good stuff, Super Smash Controls. You're doing you're doing God's work over there. Uh, Pie Guy 300 wrote in and said, "Hey Adam, fourth time writing in. I think I just want to get your thoughts on the recent developer uproar about the Xbox Series S. Do you think developers are being lazy and don't want to better optimize their game? I feel like there's at least an argument there. Or do you think the Xbox Series S is an unfair bottleneck that will hold back graphic capabilities this generation of consoles? Lastly, do you think what do you think Microsoft should do regarding the whole situation? So if you don't know, quickly, ladies and gentlemen, as, as you probably know, Xbox currently has two consoles on the market: the Xbox or this this generation, Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, and the series. Series S is a dumbed down 
for lack of a better term, a poor version of the Xbox Series X that's not nearly as powerful. And the hot topic among... And we were talking about this on Game Patch just past week. Uh, exclusive for patrons. No, no. Uh, the big debate among developers right now is... Uh, the story going around is that a lot of developers hate the Xbox Series S. They hate having to develop for it. They hate having to dumb their games down for it. And Xbox has a rule in place saying you cannot put a game on the Xbox Series X without putting it on the Xbox Series S. Now, this is a problem with... This has always been a Nintendo problem. Like, the Wii... I mean, forget the fact that you have to work in the fucking gimmick controls, like the motion on the Wii or the gamepad on the Wii U or whatever. Um, if you want to put your, like, that's why some games don't get ported to the Switch that are on PS4, Xbox One, or PS5, Xbox Series, everything. It's because the Switch isn't as powerful, so you've got to make a lot of concessions in your game and dumb it down and make it work, and people are like, ah. Now, the thing is, is I think a lot of companies are starting to realize they'll do that work with the Nintendo Switch because there's a hundred some million Nintendo Switches out there. That's a lot of sales. They're like, we'll put in the extra work to port our game over there because, and you still don't see it all the time, right? You can't play Call of Duty. You can't play a lot of the big sports games, stuff like that on the Switch. And the problem with the Xbox Series S is if if game develop and the thing is listen i don't know anything about game development so i'm not going to sit here and say that game developers are full of shit uh about the s being a pain in the ass to develop for and they're just lazy and don't optimize their games better maybe that's the case maybe not i don't know anything i'm certainly not i can barely make an mp3 file for you all to listen to i certainly don't know anything about developing a video game uh, but I do think it's a problem and I do think it's going to continue to become a problem i i really i do i do think as this generation goes on like Look at literally any generation in the history of video games. Uh, the games that launch at the beginning of that console usually look a little out of date by the end of that, that generation because developers start to figure out what makes the consoles tick and they figure out how to better optimize the system and stuff like that. And in the first couple years of this generation, I don't, I'm not convinced the Xbox Series S was a huge issue because they were still developing games for the PS4 and the Xbox One to go along with the new systems because there were so many of the old systems out there and not a lot of new systems and you had to get your game on as many consoles as possible. But now that the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are becoming more plentiful and easier to get your hands on i think developers are going to look to leave the xbox one and the ps4 behind and i do think that the xbox series s could cause some problems as this generation goes further on uh so i i i i, I don't know if developers are lazy and don't want to optimize their games better or if having to put their games on the xbox series s is a legitimate concern i think there's probably an argument for both sides of that but i it's hard because I don't know anything about... You know what? I'm going to give game developers the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, as... You know, the new... Like, the, the Series X generation is two years old now. And as they probably try to start pushing the Series X to see what it can do, probably is a pain in the ass to have to work backwards on your game and make it run on the Xbox Series S. And I do wonder if it's going to hold games back. I think that is a problem. I do I, I do think that's going to be an issue. Um, and what do I think Microsoft should Microsoft should do about it? I have no fucking idea. I have no idea because they, they fucking came out of the gate telling people, Hey, you can get both consoles. So now if they come out and they're like, Oh, by the way, now we're going to start making games exclusive to the Xbox series X. I think they've, I, I think Xbox has done a really good job building up goodwill this generation. I, I think they're repairing their reputation from the Xbox one fiasco. And I think that they've become very consumer friendly and they've got a good, I think, you know, obviously there's fanboys and fangirls on one side or the other, but I think to the general gaming community, Xbox has done a lot, uh, right by them in the, in the last couple of years since the Xbox series, everything's launched. And, uh, I think it'd be a really bad look now to come out and be like, no, nah, never mind. Not everything's going to be on the Xbox series S, but I also think, yeah, 
it, you are going to piss some developers off if this thing really is that hard to develop for. So I don't know. Maybe they release like a fucking expansion pack for the Xbox Series S, but then you, you charge people. I don't know. I don't know. I know it's a shitty answer, Pie Guy. I don't know. That's why I don't work at Microsoft. I wouldn't want to be in charge of that fucking decision. Uh, maybe they go to cloud. Maybe they maybe they start putting games on the Series S on the cloud. I don't know. Maybe that. I don't know. It's going to be tough. I guess we'll have to wait. We'll have to see how this generation shakes out. You know, maybe, maybe I don't know. Sorry, I, I guess I guess after four minutes, I don't know. I have no definitive answer. But I am going to give developers the benefit of the doubt and say I could see how, you know, how the series... Like when my fucking iMac isn't working and I have to use my old school MacBook to do stuff, it's a pain in the ass. Even though they're both technically capable of doing a lot of the same things, that's the closest I can get to the comparison. So I'm not sure. Uh, we got to move on. Good question though, Pie Guy. We'll have to, I'm curious to see how it shakes out over the next few years the Xbox Series S situation. David Phillips said, Hey, Mr. Blank, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now. It's one of my favorite parts of work. Thank you. It's a great podcast while I'm cleaning and it makes me smile. I had a thought though about all the wonderful patrons you have and their names. I get the feeling people are making up their names just to try to mess you up and get a comment about it. I refuse to believe that, David Phillips. Are you seriously going to sit here and tell me that DB Pooper or Siguror Junkyard Dwarf or mustache fart or the tummy tickla or insert funky name here joey jojo jr shabadoo aren't their real names i if that's the case then i will fold this podcast right now and go back to fucking driving my forklift because i don't want to live in a world where people are making up fake names just to trip up an incompetent podcast host I hope that's not the situation. And finally, we got we got to get this done. <laughs> Thank you for writing in, uh, David. We got to wrap this up. It's letter time. It's letter time. Stupid sexy Flanders. See that can't that has to be a real name. Stupid sexy Flanders wrote in and said, "I'd be curious to track the numbers, but I think that once Goldeneye 007 drops on Nintendo Online, it's going to be not only the biggest month of subscriptions they've had, but maybe by twice as much or more." Thoughts? That's an interesting concept. I never really thought about that. Dude, when they announced that GoldenEye... If you don't know, GoldenEye 007 uh, at some point will be added to Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pack where you can get Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. I definitely agree with you, stupid sexy Flanders. I do think they're going to see an uptick in subscriptions when GoldenEye 007 drops. Um, will it be the biggest month of subs they've ever had? I mean, I, okay. I, cause again, Nintendo's never going to release that information. So we'll never definitively know. I don't know if I'll say it'll be the biggest month they've ever had, but I will say it'll be easily the biggest month they've had since they rolled out the expansion pack last year when they first rolled it out. And they were like, by the way, if you upgrade to this new, uh, more expensive Nintendo switch online, you're going to get access to like a dozen Nintendo 64 games and access to like 20 Sega Genesis games. And you're going to get free DLC for Mario Kart eight and animal crossing. I'm sure that I, and listen, we've done this dance a million times over about whether or not you think this is a ripoff or a good deal or whatever. Uh, I'm not even going to get into that with people because you have your opinion. I have mine. And that's, we've done this dance a million times over, but I think because they launched it with Mario 64 and the Zelda games and Mario Kart, I don't think I can think of a bigger Nintendo 64 game they could add to that description to see another bump in subs than GoldenEye 007. I would argue maybe the pro wrestling uh, four-headed monster like WCW, NWO Revenge, and WWF No Mercy, which I don't think we're ever going to get. So 
other than those, GoldenEye probably is the number one game they could add to see a bump. So I'm not going to say it's the biggest sub month of subs they've ever had, but I do, I do feel it'll be the biggest month of subscriptions they've had since they launched expansion pack. And I don't, and I will say, I don't think there's another game they can add post GoldenEye that will be as big. I, I just don't see... I think the only thing that might hurt them a little bit is that it's also launching on Game Pass on Xbox the same day with modernized controls. But the Or I think it's the same day. But the problem is the Xbox version won't have online, whereas the Nintendo 64 version will have the shit controls, but it will have online. And I, I think, yeah, it, it's going to be big. I think it's the biggest game they could have added. And I still can't believe they did it. I think that's pretty... I, I don't even... I just played through it on my Nintendo 64 a couple months ago. It handles like a fucking carton of milk a carton of sour milk that you're trying to play a video game with in 2022. Um, but nostalgia is a powerful drug. People are going to sign up to play some golden eye. It's pretty dope. So, uh, good stuff. Thanks for writing in stupid, sexy Flanders. Thanks to everybody that wrote in this week. Uh, we got to move things on. Let's get into our smash hit segment. The official game show of remember the game industries, play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. And this week, seeing as we're talking a Konami classic, I went with three other Konami games, Top Gun, Base Wars, and Metal Gear. And 34% of our patrons said they would play Base Wars, remake Metal Gear, and erase Top Gun, which I admittedly kind of expected to be. The, I, I thought it would get more than 34% of the vote, to be honest. Uh, I'll also be honest and tell you that is not the order I would have gone with. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Roto Baggins wrote in and said, honestly, these are all mid. Fight me. No, that's a, I mean, that's not even a hot take. That's like a cold coffee take. Of course, none of these games are all that great. Well, actually, I shouldn't even say that. I've never played any of these, but I, my understanding is that none of these games are great. I do think Base Wars looks cool, but uh, Roto Baggins says erasing Top Gun because there really just isn't much to it. Base Wars is at least different for a sports title, so I'll remake that. And I think Metal Gear has already been remade, so let's just play it. I uh, I can't remember. I don't. I don't. I mean, you all know my my. I'll explain my feelings on the Metal Gear franchise in a moment when I get to my answers. So then you'll all know why I don't know very much about Metal Gear. If you didn't already know, Benny MB wrote in and said, man, I can't read today. I couldn't find the option to remake Metal Gear. I will play Base Wars. This game really could use a remake too, but it was still fun to play from what I remember. I will remake Metal Gear because the NES version kind of sucked compared to the MSX game erase. Oh, compared to the MSX game. What is MSX? Or is that the PlayStation version? Maybe that's just the PlayStation version. Uh, and then I'll erase Top Gun because that game kind of sucks and I'd rather play Silent Service. I've never heard of that either, but I have heard that the Top Gun game sucks, which is why I don't want to erase it because I love shit games. Anyways, uh, thanks for writing in, Benny MB. The Tummy Tickler said, play Top Gun. I have a lot of awesome memories taking turns being Maverick and Goose with my cousin. We could almost never land that da on that damned carrier, but still good times. I will remake Metal Gear. Always had fun with this, and a retro remake would be great to see. And I'll erase Base Wars. It was a fun game, but the other two were just a hair ahead. So, you know, the rules. Thank you for following the fucking rules. And I, most of you have gotten good at following the rules now, which I very much appreciate. And uh, Chris Sticks. I will say, by the way, Tommy Tickler, I don't know. I, I don't know how many people you'd find to say that Top Gun is better than Base Wars, but I don't. I haven't played them, so I don't know. Uh, Chris Sticks wrote in and said, first off, get yourself a copy of Top Gun. 
then throw it in the fucking garbage. I just watched a quick YouTube video and I got PTSD. What a miserable piece of plastic this was. I want to erase it just so nobody ever has to land on an aircraft carrier again. I hate this fucking game. Tell us how you feel. Remake Base Wars. Baseball with custom robots could be done so well with newer tech. Plus, the fights and battles held for bases were awesome. And outfitting your team with different skills and powers could be taken to a whole new level. Plus, you know, it's baseball with robots. And then I'll play Metal Gear, but only because it's a leftover game after a game I love and a game I loathe. I do like me a top-down view game, though. And that's the problem I run into sometimes, too, is it's not even that I want to play the one that's left in play. It's just that I can't bring myself to do any... I, I have to remake one and erase one. And then that throws the third one in that. I get that 100 percent Chris sticks uh, I actually went with the vast minority of you six percent of our voters voted the way I went this week including Max Renault who said a bit on the fence but I'll play Top Gun it really it doesn't suck that bad they made a Top Gun game on the Xbox 360 PS3 and it was just another ace combat this NES version is fine remake base wars robots duking it out to defend third base on steroids today let it speak for itself Actually, does sound awesome. And Erase Metal Gear. As a kid, it was impossible to find anyone that actually enjoyed this game. I feel the same now as adults. Metal Gear PS1 should have been the starting point, in my opinion. So I don't necessarily have the same logic, but I do have the same order. I'm going to play Top Gun because I never have, and I just cannot remake or erase it until I find out if it's as bad as everybody says it is. So I got to play that game at some point. And for those of you wondering, will we ever review it on Remember the Game? The answer is yes. Assuming I can get past the aircraft carrier thing that everyone talks about, because if not, I don't think I can get enough, far enough into it to review it. But at some point, I will play that game. I'm going to remake Base Wars because it sounds awesome. And I think a new gen, super high quality one with like tons of customization and online play and stuff could be sick. The only problem with remaking Base Wars is that whoever remakes it will almost certainly fill it with microtransactions and loot boxes and fucking ruin it. And then I'm going to erase Metal Gear uh, because it's paying the price. For Metal Gear Solid 2's shenanigans. And if you don't know my feelings on Metal Gear Solid by now, I like the first one enough on the PS1. And then I bought the second one on PS2. I was super excited to play it. I hated it so much that I never finished it. I hate Raiden or Raiden or whatever the fuck that wiener's name is. I never went back. And before all of you were like, well, what about Metal Gear Solid 3? It's the best one. I still haven't played it. I will someday. But I still haven't played it because the wounds of Metal Gear Solid 2 have yet to heal. And uh, so the original Metal Gear is paying the price for Metal Gear Solid 2's crap. So there you go. All right. Thanks, everybody. What have I been playing over the last week? And then we'll get into Castlevania. I've been playing Star Wars Episode One Racer on the Nintendo 64, as it was our Patreon poll winner a couple months ago. Probably going to be a review next week. Uh, I like it. I don't love it. I'm really bad at it, but it's okay. Uh, I've been playing PGA Tour 2K23 because I love golf games. I'm probably going to review that on Expansion Pass sometime in November. I've also been playing Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which is outstanding. And I'm probably going to review that on Expansion Pass sometime in November as well. I'm playing Ogre Battle March of a Black Queen or something on Super Nintendo. Uh, I haven't gotten very far into that one yet, but I, I just started playing that one on the weekend. And of course, I spent most of the last three days playing Castlevania, which is what we're going to talk about right now. As always, I'd like to give you guys a chance to sound off before my guests and I hog the microphone, rip through a few of your comments here. Tyler said, I'm going to say this is hands down the best soundtrack to any NES game. Yes, even Mega Man. Eat it. I don't agree that it's better than Mega Man, but I think it goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Mega Man. So I have no beef with that take. I actually get into that a little bit on the podcast. The, the soundtrack to this game is outstanding. It's fucking incredible. Kev wrote in and said, glad you finally got to the Vania in Metroidvania. It only took you, what, 36 years? I never got to Dracula, but I loved this hard-ass game so much. Glad you're covering my childhood. Uh, me too. And I actually talk about that too, that I'm finally playing 
I mean, I have played a few Castlevanias, but like, it's Vania. It's half of the Metroidvania. I love Metroidvanias. And it, yeah, I get it. Uh, Brent Scott said, I just want to talk about the exposure this game provided. When it was released, it was one of the, fir the few first looks early 80s kids had into the world of horror. The creatures were unheard of, mesmerizing, and carved a spooky but entertaining place in my mind that's difficult to explain. This game, along with the monster in my pocket trading cards that were popular around the same time, gave us a fantastic bestiary to daydream about. I remember monsters in my pocket. I think there's an nes game of monsters in my pocket actually i don't know if it's any good but i think there is one uh yeah you're right this was one of the first like scary it wasn't like that apparently friday the 13th on the nes is garbage i never played that one either i did play adam's family on the nes did anyone play that that's like that was my horror horror as a kid it was adam's family and uh renting this one and dying up to medusa heads all the time james juan francesco said this is my favorite game franchise ever i'm a horror fan and lover of all things 2d platforming i grew up in the arcade era and had multiple home gaming devices before my nes this game taught me how to play it's hard stairs suck the music was so good i actually had a very intense inner debate with myself about how it may be as good or better than the Mega Man 2 music i also debate which game may be better often this one is a banger all the love to you all thank you well said, James. I Listen, I'm always going to put Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3 ahead of the, just about everything on the NES. Um, I do not, I just, I don't think it's sacrilege to put Castlevania in that discussion. And that is the highest praise that I can give a game. For all of you Castlevania fans that are worried I'm going to come in here and rip your game apart, not at all. I'm a cute, couple minor gripes, but I'm a huge fan of this game. And Branton Fam is going to have the last word. And uh, Branton said, I have a love-hate relationship with this game. I've made it to Dracula three or four times and I loved every bit of it leading up to that until I make my first few steps toward him and it freezes every time. I'm playing on OG hardware and after doing some research, I apparently have an early copy of this specific bug fuck me right pissed me off too much to get another copy even though i still love this game even though the stairs suck uh <laughs> the stairs do suck you know what it actually froze on me a few times uh playing it on the castlevania collection on my switch too i'm not saying it's the same problem that you're having uh but man i mean i we all know right like that is the risky run with nes games but that's still fucked that would piss me off to beat death that fucking son of a bitch boss and then have it freeze oh rage quit beyond rage quit that death can eat my ass and we're gonna get into that right now my fucking ongoing wars with the fifth boss in this goddamn game i'm gonna queue up some of that outstanding music and when it stops mark McHugh and i are gonna talk castlevania which originally released in north america on the nes on may 1st 1987 over 35 years ago fucking game slaps enjoy the podcast everybody let's go Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. We've done 220 episodes of Remember the Game, and we have never, ever done one where I literally just finished playing the game we're talking about on a Twitch stream 15 minutes before we recorded, and my guest was in the Twitch chat chirping me with everybody else while I was getting mad. So this is going to be an interesting episode because I really like this game, but I'm still mad at it from that fucking stream. Uh, my guest is my buddy, Mark McHugh. So we'll do the, we'll start with the formalities. Mark, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm ex uh, excited to talk about this game. 
Holy Christ, dude. I fucking... So as you all know, we're talking Castlevania. And I've probably already told the story of the streams uh, in the infamous intro. But quickly, if you haven't, I, I managed to beat this game last night. And I wanted to prove to everybody that I could beat it. So I did it on stream today. And this game... Oh my God, Mark. I like Castlevania. I'm not going to dunk on this game. There are two things about this game I don't like, and I'm going to get into them. Other than that, I really like this game. But this, like, this game is the fucking epitome of NES tough. Like, the epitome of it. it this game is hard as fucking balls. Well, and just from, like, watching you in the stream, it kind of feels like, yeah, we're going to have a lot of the same complaints. Yeah, like, so... I, we both just, now, okay, so let's start off, we'll, we'll start at the start here. I fucking, I played this game a little bit as a kid. We rented it a couple of times because I thought, the, the, it's got great box art. Like, the box art for it's awesome. And I was interested in it. But then as a kid, I could never get past, like, I would get past the giant bat, and then I could never get any further than partway through the second world. Once the Medusa head show up, it was all over for me as a child. And then I didn't go back to it until, honestly, three days ago. Like I played it, you know, in passing, I'd fired up, play it once, die and then move on. But three days ago, I sat down and was like, I'm either going to get good enough to beat this game or I'm going to literally die a million times trying and manage to get to the end. So I don't have a ton of experience with this game. For all of you that have been asking, when are we going to review Castlevania? I hadn't played it to talk about it. Uh, what about you? Like, cause I know you just started playing it on the Castlevania collection at all, as well. Did you play this growing up? You know what? I have a scandalous confession for you. Oh, boy. This is the first time I've ever played a Castlevania game. Really? Any of yeah. them? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, the closest thing I've come to is there was, like, I know that Konami or somebody or people from Konami made, like, kind of an imitation game a few years ago. I think it was, like, Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bloodstained. Bloodstained, yeah. yeah. Bloodstained. I played Bloodstained, but I've never played a Castlevania game before this. Wow. Like, I know what they are, sure. obviously. Sure. Like, I know that, like, they, like, they're popular enough that they are in itself a genre. Yeah, no shit, right? Like, this is, like, I love Metroidvanias, and I never really give Castlevania its its due for being the Vania portion of now, Castlevania said, or Metroidvania. This game isn't really a metroidvania no this game is just a straight platformer and i wasn't really expecting that so yeah this is the first time i've ever played a uh, castlevania game that's surprising so yeah like you're right and like i so i played this one i played super castlevania 4 which isn't a metroidvania at all either i think symphony of the night on the playstation is where they started going metroidvania because it is uh and a lot of the future ones are but you're right this is just a classic action platformer I, I hesitate, like it is a platformer, but I hesitate to call it a platformer because platforming is my favorite genre. And I, I the, the, uh, and I'm trying to pick my words carefully because I don't need to fucking, I already endured the wrath of Castlevania fans when I shit all over Symphony of the Night. And I don't want to go down that road again because I don't dislike this game. But I will say it's platforming is mediocre at best. Like the game is fun. But as far as the jumping from platform to platform goes, mediocre at best. Well, and it's also not entirely clear what you can jump on and what you can't. Raw, dude, how many, I'm, I would love to know how many people, and did you, you know the, I think it's the beginning of like the fourth world where you're in the underwater, like the sewer or whatever the fuck it is. There's like this big, like, it looks like a platform made of skeletons, but if you try to land on it, you just fall into the water. But it totally yes. looks like something you can so land on. So many times, on. and there you'd be, like, waiting for that, like, one platform to come. Yeah. And you're like, okay, great, I'll just jump onto this pile of skeletons, 
and wait for this come to get thing to come and you just fall right through and you're like oh great so yeah. i guess that's not that that platform is trolly as fuck that is such garbage i and like don't even get me started on the stairs we'll fucking get into the goddamn stairs oh we'll get into the fucking stairs. we'll get into the stairs uh so like what i'm trying to say is like listen i like this game it's gonna get a great review at least for me uh i'm just saying that like i it is an action platformer but to me it's much more action and much less platforming the platforming leaves something to be desired so i i say let's get the bad out of the way and then we can focus on the good because i i don't okay, know about you but like, I have a, there's a lot of good to be said about so, this game so much. fantastic game yeah so much so let's get the bad but out there's of the some way bullshit. uh i have two major complaints and i think they're probably the same as your two major complaints but i'll open the floor what is your the what is your biggest beef with this game stairs <laughs> Now I like okay I I I'm familiar with stairs in real life as I'm sure most people are. Yes. Um at no point have I ever fallen down and fallen through a set of stairs. It's not how it works in real life at all. Agreed. It is so goddamn in fear and I have said I have been making this joke since episode 1 of remember the game the hardest enemy in castlevania is the stairs now that i've actually played the game all the way to the end no death and the medusa heads are the hardest enemies in castlevania but the stairs are so fucked i do not for the life of me understand the thing about the stairs in these games if you've never played castlevania is when you walk up to a set of stairs if you don't push up or down as you walk onto them You'll fall through them. I can live with having to push up or down because there's a lot of times where you'll come up to sets of stairs and there's it's like a it's it's like there's both. You can go up or down. So I can live with having to push the direction of the stairs in which you want to go up or down. But the fact that you just fall through them is so ridiculous. Why can't I land if if I get and the, and that ties into the other major complaint, which is the the fucking the bump back. When you get hit, but like if I, which we'll get into in a second, but like if I fall off something or jump onto a platform or get hit by an enemy and get knocked back or whatever, if I land on a platform, I just land on the platform. Why the fuck do I fall straight through the stairs? It's like they're not there. It's well, so well, and frustrating. The bump back too, the bump back and the stairs, like in tandem with each other, especially in those last few levels. Yeah creates this whole new layer of bullshit. Yeah, agree. And it's like, and it's uh, like the jump back is always fucking frustrating because you're always like, oh, I got hit by an enemy. Well, that happened. Oh, fuck. Now I'm dead. Okay. Yeah. And like, and this is far from the old, like the other game that really sticks out to me with the, with the jump back is Ninja Gaiden, where when you get hit, you, but like, it's insane. Like I can live with a little bit, but you take a any enemy touches you in this game, Simon fucking dives like a goddamn. Well, I'm trying to there pick, are like a soccer so many there unfair insta deaths because of the bump back. Yeah, I was trying to think of a sports analogy to, to compare the diving to, and I was like, oh, which one's not going to get the wrath? I'm sure comparing Simon to soccer players is going to take some shit, but I can live with that. Um, he does. It's insane. And then like, and it's a, it's, it's, and it's like a two headed monster because you get hit by an enemy, you get bumped back a third of the way across the screen. And then if you happen to land on stairs, you fall right through and you die other than death, other than the boss fight of death, which we'll get into. There was nothing in this game that killed me more than getting bumped back and falling through a hole. And a lot of the time it was stairs. And I don't know. 
I honestly don't know if that was an intentional decision to make the game harder or if they just couldn't figure out the coding to make the stairs work. Yeah, like it felt like those felt like unfair deaths. Like there were a lot of deaths in here that are like, oh, okay, fair. Like there's a way around that. There's like a pattern you have to learn sure. to like to figure out. So that those are fair deaths. Like most of the major boss fights, those are fair deaths. Yeah. But like the bump back is just like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's so frustrating. And then Okay, so like, I mean, those are my two major complaints: are the fucking the bump back, and the oh, stairs, and the monkeys, the monkey guys. Oh yeah. Okay, so now, now, okay, so those are like legitimate. I, I, I borderline, borderline consider the bump back and the stairs flaws in the game's design. I, I think it was done intentionally, and okay, but it's so frustrating to me. That said, now we're into just stuff that, like, I don't consider it to be game flaws. They just frustrate me. Those little monkey men things and those motherfucking Medusa heads are two well, of the most like fuck. A, good, a lot of the time, the game's strategy would be, like, we're just going to put as many, many monkeys on screen as possible. And, like, you have to try to kill it. Like, you have to try to kill the birds that are, like, dropping them off before they drop them off. And if you can't, you're fucked. There's, yeah, so there's a part in the third or fourth world where you're just walking along, like, a giant platform. You're, like, up on, like, a roof or something. And all it is is just bird after bird after bird dropping those little monkey men. And as long as you can pick those monkey men off as soon as they hit the ground, they're nothing. But if one of them gets loose, if you miss one and it starts hopping around, before you know it, like, half your life is gone. It's mayhem on the screen. Yeah. Just with even just like one or two of those guys. Yeah. But like those are guys that I don't consider remotely flaws in the game's design. They're just frustrating enemies. But God they're damn it. They're hard. Yeah. And then those Medusa heads, everybody knows of the Medusa heads. The thing about them is, and by some look, if you've never played Castlevania by, by some chance, the Medusa heads are flying heads, Medusa heads. And they just, they come in in like a, a steady rhythm from whatever side of the screen you're facing and they just kind of swoop up and down and they have a pattern and you can figure out the pattern and they're very avoidable, but they're the same thing. If you get out of the rhythm, if I get out of the rhythm of killing those monkey men, as soon as they hit the ground, or if I get out of the rhythm of, of dodging those fucking Medusa heads, you're, you're basically like, you can, things can go off the rails very, very quickly. And don't even get me started on parts where you're dealing with the Medusa heads while you're also trying to platform. Because if you miss a jump and one of them hits you, they're gonna bump you back into a hole and you're gonna fucking die. Um, yeah, not not like frankly, I think that I I would score this if you gave me the option to play this game without those two enemies. I don't think I would want to because they do add; they are part of the game. They're just frustrating parts of the game. Yeah, that's fair. But, one the boss fight, like now, there's like one boss fight in this game that's particularly hard, and we'll get into that for sure. Yeah. But there was one that I also found extremely frustrating, and it was the Frankenstein boss. Yeah, that Frankenstein boss. Yeah, why? Because he has like a little monkey man jumping around the screen. Yeah. And at yeah. first I'm like, am I trying to kill Frankenstein or am I trying to kill the monkey man? And then the monkey man just wouldn't fucking die. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But now the thing about that boss fight is, and I want to just make sure I make this abundantly clear. Uh, like, okay, first of all, all right, cause I'd like to talk about the boss fights. Are there, is there anything else like really, cause there's no, I don't think there's a bad boss fight in the game. There's a boss fight in this game that will haunt me for the rest of my life, but I don't think any of them are broken per se. 
Like there were a few boss fights I didn't know there were boss fights until like after they were done. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay, so just quickly, like you fight the giant bat in World One. Even as a kid, I could beat the bat. That's nothing. Um, World Two, you fight. Uh, what is it? Uh, I think they were like mummies, weren't they? Was it the mummies in World Two or the mummies in World Three? No, World Two is the oh. giant Medusa head. Oh and, yes, and of that course. one's pretty easy too. That's fine. And then, yeah, World 3, you fight those two mummies. And I don't find them too bad. They can pin you in, but they're not they're not too bad. For the most part, those first three bosses, you can basically get by by just mashing attack, and you don't have to play a ton of defense. Like, you can get through them fairly easily. World 4 with that Frankenstein boss is where shit starts to get serious. Because you're right. It's not Frankenstein. It's that little goddamn monkey man that like, is on his shoulders that jumps around whipping his poo at you or whatever those little red balls are. Like, my guess is that they designed this Frankenstein boss and then they were like, yeah, this is way too easy. Right. So they're like, well, what if we had one of those monkey things jumping around the screen? Totally. They'll be like, well, that'd be mean. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, because you're right. Without those monkey things, Frankenstein is nothing. He just walks back and forth slowly. And yeah, I, you just have to hit him in the head a bunch and, yeah. it's, and it's over. And that fight, like, cause the first three, like I say, are to me are borderline just button mashing for the, the mummies. Maybe there's a hint of strategy, but for the most part, you can button mash your way through those first three. The, the Frankenstein little monkey man fight is the first boss fight where you really need to like play some defense. And it took me a long time to get myself out of the mindset of just mashing attack and like, keeping an eye on that little monkey man. And as long as you keep us, cause he bounces around the screen. You know what he reminds me of is, you know, when like you're like your, your computer goes into screensaver and that little like thing just bounces. Oh, yeah, around. And you're always watching for it to like hit the corner. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly. And the monkey man won't go high enough to go into the corners, but he's obviously got his little pattern. And as long as you kind of watch him and play it and like pay attention to the little poo balls, he's throwing at you. It's a, it's doable. Like Frankenstein, you just have to, all I do is melee Frankenstein, usually with the throwing daggers, and then just try to keep an eye on that little monkey man. And anytime one of his balls comes move and then just keep whipping daggers. Um, but I agree. Like that's the, that's the first boss in the game. In my opinion, that starts to give you a little bit of trouble is Frankenstein. Well, that's kind of where the game, like, like the game, like the first few levels, I'm like, Ooh, this is kind of hard. All right. Yeah. But then those last three, I'm like, how the fuck does anybody do this? Yeah, to me, the the third, the fourth world is the one where you fall down into the sewer, and that's where you have to do that platforming we were talking about, where you can instant die if you fall in the water, and then then you have to fight goddamn Frankenstein. To me, that's where the game, like, that's where it kicks it up into third gear and starts getting tough. And then after, oh my god, after that fucking Frankenstein fight. <sighs> Then comes the goddamn three levels that lead into the fight against death or the Grim Reaper or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Okay, and, and I'll be I'll just like full disclosure here. Go ahead. Just so I'm not leading anyone astray here. I have to be totally honest. After that, after the Frankenstein in the game, I definitely started using save states to get me through this game because holy Boss. that yeah dude that's where the rubber hits the road and that's where it gets and fucking it's like tough. no no i understand that i cheated i understand i cheated my way through this game sure and i just need to throw it out there so i'm not get hit with any lance armstrong shit later 
so I'm not double kicked out of the, <laughs> the Hall of Fame. I respect your honesty. I like that. <laughs> I respect like, that. I, I was just like, man, I've got like two more days to get through this. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, I could like, just keep fucking like banging my head against the brick brick wall, or I can take the fucking coward's way out. I I have spent the last seventy two hours of my life playing this game religiously like whenever i have downtime i'm playing castlevania and originally that was my plan too i was like all right like because i realized that like so if you've never played it there's 18 stages and it's basically three stages per world or whatever you want to call it and so uh stages 13 14 and 15 are like world five that end in the fight against the grim reaper and and like oh my god i i I I almost went the same route. I was almost like I don't have time for this. I need to I want to see the ending of it. But then I was like I just am such a and this is now we're going to start just talking about the design of the game as a whole. I'm such a fucking sadistic freak that just I I get off on tough NES games. I love it. I love the and the thing is is like there are some Skater Die, Back to the Future, there are some tough NES games that are just like they're tough because they're just shit games and they're broken and the controls suck. This and isn't it's just one like of they them. made them like they made them hard, just like but not fun. Yeah. Where this is not that. No, no, this is one of those games, and these are my favorite NES games where you can just pick it up and play it, and it's just telling you, it's telling you. They're like, put in your reps, practice, get good, and you will be able to beat it. And I was gonna save stay my way through it, and then I was like, no, come fucking hell or high water. I'm going to beat this. And after a couple of tries, I could get through the first two stages of that, that fifth world. But then that third stage, you climb up, then you have to get through that fucking hallway where you've got that the Medusa. gauntlet where like the knights are coming at you, yeah. but also like there's fucking bats coming but from both directions. Yeah. That was the point where like, okay, that was the point where I'm like, fuck it. It's the Medusa heads and those two knights that throw the axes. And for the most part, for like up until that point, my rule was you can save, save, save state at the beginning of a level so that when you game over, you don't have to go all the way back to like the two levels before right. it. And then after that point, I was like, this fucking hallway is defeating me. Fuck it. That hallway, like, and I practiced and practiced. And then like, I, I have the, if you get the timing down, you can get through that hallway without getting touched, but you make one mistake. And then before you know it, that hallway and like you you basically have four hits in that that level because each hit takes away like a quarter of your fucking health. And then when you get through that hallway, you have the fight against the Grim Reaper and and that fight Oh my god, that fight. What the fuck is that fight? How I, do people do that? I I am probably I bet you my record against that death fight in the last 3 days is about 5 and 400. Like it is just, and the thing about it is I don't think it's broken. I, the, the thing about that, if you've never played that far and I'm sure some of you haven't gotten that far, basically, yeah. Like you fight the grim reaper and then what are those but things called like, that he throws at you? I don't um, know. Are they boomerangs? Are they scythes? Is it? I think I don't, they're scythes. Yeah. I think they're scythes. Yeah. So but like, it's just the screen is full of them and coming at you in every direction. Yeah. It's, he just floats around the screen and he doesn't even attack you. If he touches you, he hurts you. But he just floats around the screen. But he makes these fucking scythe things appear three or four at a time. And they do not disappear until you hit them. Uh, and it, they are just... 
And again, you've only got about three attacks and you're fucked. And or three, you can make three mistakes if you got through that hallway with full health, and you're or you're fucked. And, and that's it, the thing; I didn't, I couldn't get through that hallway with full health. I was like, I, I kudos to anybody who can. Oh. But like, and they and they gave you no fuck. Like I was expecting, like okay, they'll give me some health before the boss. They were like, no, yeah, no. There's whatever some you have at the end of this hallway. That's what you have going into the hardest boss in the game. Yeah. It's like. like so i was just like okay so this must be the final boss yeah like it i dude you can find the youtube video i put a montage i'm gonna put a montage together of all the times i died on that fight before i finally beat him it is beatable uh but boy it's fucking it is so vicious and you're right like to me that should be the final boss because once you get through that then you have three more levels where you climb like a clock tower and admittedly those two clock tower levels are bullshit because they're so easy to fall and die but like i can't speak to how anybody else beat it i just kept trying to kamikaze my way through and eventually i got the right rng and managed to get through without getting knocked into a hole but they're they're a walk in the park compared to fucking that that last stage where you fight the Grim Reaper, like a walk in the park. Those fucking uh, clock tower levels, and then you get to Dracula. And I will give this game all the credit in the world when Dracula kills you, and he will kill you until you figure out how to fight him. You don't have to go back to level sixteen. In all the other boss fights, it's three levels, and at the end of the third level, you fight a boss. In this one, once he kills you, you start off again at level eighteen, where you just walk up the stairs and fight Dracula. Like thank which is Christ, like, which which is like so like which is nice. It's like I feel like it's the game being like, all right, you know what? You beat that death fight. That was the hardest fight in the game. We'll throw you a bone now. Like and, and, was, that's, and that's not to say that Dracula is easy by any stretch. Like I was like I, it took me so long to get through his like first phase. Yeah. And when his head went flying off, I was like, fuck, finally. Okay. And then this giant gargoyle just emerges out of his body and it's like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> are you kidding me? And I still don't complete like I still don't know how to fucking like yeah, the holy water helps. Yeah. But like if you don't know his jump pattern, you're fucked. Yeah. It's but I mean, I will say like he is he I, I will I will fight Dracula a hundred times out of a hundred before I fight the goddamn Grim Reaper again. Because at least Dracula's got some form of a pattern. Fucking death is just close your eyes and hope. Um, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And then you would like get clear off like all of the sides and they're like, finally I can have a clear shot at him. And it's like, no, there's a bunch more coming at you yeah. right now. Oh, and it's that like fight. What, when am I supposed to manage time to like turn around and actually fight this thing when I'm just trying to not die right now? Yeah. I would but I mean, you know what? Like at the same time, if in real life, Mark, let's just say as soon as you end this podcast and you hang up the phone, you go downstairs and death and Dracula are waiting to fight you. Death is probably going to be a tougher battle than Dracula is. Yeah. yeah. Dracula. Like we all know how to beat Dracula. Yeah, Dracula in real life is a bitch. garlic. Yeah. Like in a Bible or something. Yeah. I could beat Dracula with a jar of mayonnaise and a hammer. Like he's easy. Yeah. Fucking death. I don't want to fight death. Like he'll kill you. Literally. He's like, that's literally the point of him. Like you only die because of death. Oh, but I will say when I finally beat it, like I I found it so satisfying and that's where, cause I want to start just getting into like the great things about this game now. Like this game is just like, so anyone that grew up with the NES 
has a soft spot for the NES, and I'm one of them. And the thing about the NES that I just love so much is, to me, its best games, Castlevania, Mega Man, uh, the Mario games, obviously, The Legend of Zelda, the Contra games, a lot of the NES's best games, like, there's the easy ones, like Chip and Dale and Little Mermaid and stuff like that, but a lot of its best games are like, you know what? If you practice and, and work hard at this, you can get good enough to beat this game. And that feeling of accomplishment when you just put in your reps and get good enough, and every time you see just a little bit of progression, a little bit of progression, a little bit of progression, that's what keeps me coming back. And that will, like, NES games will always be timeless. And I love, like, good NES games. And listen, I love modern games like The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and insert your favorite modern game here. I like those games as much as the next person, but a big 30 hour game with checkpoints every eight seconds that's designed around cinematics and full motion videos and great voice acting and all that. They're just, they're, they're great, but they just, do you know what I'm saying? They just don't hit the same as a game like this that just relied on like, it's tough work hard. You'll be able to beat it. Do you know what well, I'm saying? It's the thing that we've, we've said a thousand times on the, on the pod before, like video games now are built for adults who have like jobs and lives. Or it's like when you had a, you were a kid, you had, you had one game every six months. So they were like, no, we're going to make this game count. The yeah. thing that I know, other thing that I really noticed about this game is just how spectacular it looks. Dude. Like, yeah, you look at it now and you're just like, Oh, the, these are NES graphics. But like, you really have to remember like, this game actually was ported. wasn't even originally an NES game. It was like ported from like a gaming PC of some sort. Yeah, I don't even remember which one it was. But like, like if you remember like the days of like the Atari and like, like the fucking like the first video game consoles and just how basic and shitty they looked. Just imagine how much better the NES looks in comparison. No question, dude. This game was like, it was done in 1986. It released in North America on, in 1987. It's only a couple of years after Super Mario Brothers. And I love Super Mario Brothers. This game looks 10 times better than Super Mario Brothers. It really Brothers. does. I, I will argue, because like, the thing about the NES is when you look at the games on it, you can see the progression in the graphics and games on the NES. And like a perfect example is to take the six Mega Man games on the NES and compare Mega Man one to Mega Man six. And it's like, man, like you can tell that developers really figured out how, what makes the NES tick. Like as the years went on, I will argue that this is, this is one of the early NES games. And I will argue that graphically it can stand up against some of the games that came out toward the end of the NES. Like I'm, I'm floored. That for a game that is about 35 years old, it I would argue still that looks it would, this good. It would stand up against some of the shit that came out on the SNES. No, it, like a billion, 100%. Yep. And it looks so good. Like, I, I was really just impressed by how good it still looks. Yeah. And it's still like, and it still runs great. Like, you get slow down, but not a lot. Like, it, you need to fill the screen with enemies before you start to get slow down. So it still runs great. It still looks great. The backgrounds are spectacular in this fucking game. Like, like and they tell their own little story. And, like, you can tell that they're coming from this place of, like, profound love for the genre. Oh, like, shit, even, yeah. at the, even at the end credits, it's just like, oh, Dracula is played by Christopher. Like, they have, like, the credits, but, like, it's they change like one or two letters in the names just to like, just so they don't get sued, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it was like Dracula with Christopher B. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, it was like Bella Lugosi or Bello Lugosi or something like that. It was just, yeah. You can tell that they loved these type of movies and wanted to make that into a game. And it's so you, and you felt that. Yeah, absolutely. It still looks great. And like, let me just say, uh, I've always argued that the Mega Man soundtracks are my favorite NES soundtracks. I think they're some of the best ever. This soundtrack can go toe to toe with Mega Man. The soundtrack to this game is so fucking. It's better than any. It's I. You know what? It is better than any of the three Mario soundtracks on the NES. This is better. There's one Mario soundtrack that is better oh, than this you. one that I can think of. I hate you so much. <laughs> what game, Mark? What game is it? Uh, well, it's not even really a Mario game. No. It's uh, one where you play. <laughs> it's not even a game, you fucking trolling cunt. It's goddamn Mario's missing. I hate you so but, much. Fuck, I but, hate you. Okay, you say what you will about Mario's missing. I will stand by how great its soundtrack is. Sure, but who can't? I'm not playing it to listen to it. You fucking... No, but like if you just throw that soundtrack on in the background, you'll have a good time. Oh, my God, dude. Ugh. You play video games that you don't even like to listen to the music, and your dad writes songs that the world will never hear. The McHugh family is fucking just... I'm going to start calling you Mark McCusick. Mark McCusick, because you're all about fucking music instead of... Fuck, I hate you. Um, but the soundtrack to this game is very tight. It is it's so... so it's very good, yeah. yeah. It really is. So... The soundtrack is a little repetitive at points or it's like, I don't know if it quite would step up to the Mega Man like level, but like still pretty good soundtrack considering what they were working on with the, in the 8-bit era. No shit. And I, and I think part of the reason the music seems so repetitive is because you probably die so many goddamn times that you have to play this. Like I will hear the music from that level right before you fight death. I'll hear that music for the rest of my life. Like when I close my eyes at night and try to sleep, I'll hear that music and it'll haunt me. It was fucking or even oh or even just like doo 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 doo. Yeah. But it's so good. I ah uh, like and I also want to just say so like it looks great, it sounds great. I will say I do think the jumping is a little bit weird, but I think a lot of that's just cuz I'm used to, you know, Mario and platforming. Um the game actually controls pretty decent minus going up and down stairs. Like it's the thing about it. The thing I find, and I think this is a good decision. This is not a dig by me. Once you start whipping your whip, you are, you are locked in until that animation is done. And particularly in that fight against death, where you're trying to pick off his fucking blades all over the place that like it's, you can't button mash your way through the second half of this game. Because you can't once you start swinging, it's like a it's like a half a second where you're you're locked in, and I actually really like that. I love the way this game controls. It takes some getting used to. It's a little floaty. It's a little weird, but it's weird because for some reason, like on your way up in a jump, he floats, but then as soon as he hits the peak of his jump, it's like he's just wearing concrete everything because he falls at the <laughs> speed of light. Um, but I like that. I I think it lends itself to the game really well. Like I like the way it controls. Um, uh, yeah, like, like other than like what you mentioned, like the whole like, yeah, once you start the animation and like, great, like there are certain things that we have to like give like great fear just because it's like, yeah, that was kind of like how they had to make games at the time. Sure. Yeah. And oh, it's dude, like yeah. Nit nitpicky things that like if they made a game like that now, it'd be like, oh, my God, go fuck yourself. Yeah. 
Totally. I you know what? But like playing this is like as you as you mentioned to me earlier today, this game's almost forty. Yeah. That's insane. Like considering that this is almost a forty year old game and how well it still plays, yeah. Fucking spectacular job by the developers of this. Yeah. I so I wouldn't go as far as to say it's one of my ten favorite NES games, but I will go as far as to say it might be one of the ten most impressive games on the NES because it was trailblazing. And the thing about it, and you and I have talked about this and I've talked about this with other guests before too. There is so much crap. I love the NES, but for every good game on the NES, there's two just awful fucking crap license. They just took an IP that was popular and shit out a game in eight minutes and put it on the system. There was so much garbage on the NES and the fact that this game came out so early in the NES's lifespan and told such a great story and looked so good and sounded so good and played so good and I I this is one of the most impressive games on the Nintendo for my money. It's so well made. Like it took me almost 40 years of my life to get around to like really putting my time into playing it. And I put it right up there with Super Mario Brothers, Batman, Contra, the Mega Mans, Zelda, some of the best NES games of all time. Like it is so spectacularly made. I I just nothing but respect. And I frankly, even Konami. Uh not everything Konami touches turns to gold. They made a lot of shit. But this is not one of them. Like this game is just spectacular. Uh I also wanted to ask you too. I like the system of picking up extra weapons, even though occasionally it fucks you because you have the weapon you want and then accidentally you kill an enemy and they randomly drop something shitty and you pick it up and you're like, God damn it. Um, I don't think there's a total dud of any of the weapons, but by far, I think my favorite is probably the stopwatch because it gets me out of trouble. Yeah, because like, especially if you have like monkeys on the screen, it's like, oh, you get to get the stopwatch. Okay, you can like run past them now. Yeah. But there's not a dud like like in ghosts and in, like in ghosts and goblins or ghouls and ghosts or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You get the torch in that game and you're like, what a piece of shit. Whereas in this game, like the the boomeranging cross is awesome. The holy water actually comes in surprisingly handy. The stopwatch is red. Uh, the daggers are probably the worst item in the game. And even those are handy. Like there's not a bad oh, yeah, weapon. Look. I love the like I don't I don't quite know what it is. I imagine I think it's a cross that you can like throw and it you works as a boomerang. Yeah, I love that fucking weapon too, man. Um, I like I also <laughs> Go ahead. Some of them I never quite was like I don't quite know what the point of this was. Like I think that they like the Bible on the keychain, you just like touch it and like all the enemies on the screen die. I think that was the idea yeah, behind it. Just like a super bomb, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Actually, you know what? I think the I think and like it's funny because I don't play a ton of Smash Brothers, but I actually really enjoy playing as Simon. I would argue he's my number three after Mega Man and Bowser in, in Smash. And a lot of it's just because I so many of his weapons are so iconic. Uh, in Smash Brothers, I love his big arching axe that he can throw. In this game, outside of when you're fighting that stupid bat in the first world, I find it kind of I just find it too hard to land a, an attack with. Well, it's also kind of impressive that that weapon goes back, like, right to the beginning, right? Yeah. Like, I had yeah. no idea that that was, like, a game one inclusion. Like, it was it's such an iconic part of the character. Yeah, having played through this game now so much over the last couple of days, I have an even greater respect for just how perfectly they captured the essence of Simon Belmont in Smash Brothers. 
Like, no, like, so I guess my question on. is, is Simon Belmont the protagonist in most Castlevania games? I don't, oh God, I don't know. And I don't want everyone fucking writing in and being like, ah, oh, well, uh, in Castlevania 4, it's actually Simon's <laughs> third cousin and, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think it's like the Belmont clan, but I don't know if it's always Simon. I think sometimes you play as like other Belmonts, but uh, yeah, I think for the most, I think the Belmonts are just, their destiny is to fight vampires, I think. So I'm not entirely sure. I, yeah, I'm not going to answer because I'll get in trouble because I don't know. People That's the thing that we like, we definitely have to look into. But yeah. Like, I'll be right honest. Now. Like, I've only played this one, Super Castlevania 4, Aria of Sorrow, and Symphony of the Night. Um, and I can't even tell you who the fucking protagonist is in all of those games. But I, I will say that, like, considering this is the, like, I love Super Mario Brothers, but I don't. I don't know if Super Mario Brothers stacks up against a lot of the future Mario Brothers games. I love the original Legend of Zelda, but I don't know how well it stacks up against, you know, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Tim and those. I, I will sit here right now and be like, dude, this one holds up. I like this one better than fucking Symphony of the Night. I think this game plays perfectly up against some of the other more futuristic Castlevania. And also, was Castlevania a series that another one of the series that jumped like the Nintendo shipped for the PlayStation? Um, I mean, I know Symphony of the Night went to PlayStation. I don't know what they did with all of them. Uh, holy fuck, there's a lot of Castlevania games. I know because like I know they were on Genesis, but I also know there's a Castlevania, um, for the 64. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's on. It was on Game Boy Advance. I think. I think, frankly, Castlevania is kind of a whore. I think Castlevania is just anyone that wants to pay. Oh, I think that was why it's like been hard for like I've been reluctant to get into the series just because it's like, man, there's like a billion. Like, where do you even start? Like, everybody talks about like how Symphony of the Night is like the best one. It is not. It's not. No. Well, your brother will argue. <laughs> your brother loves it. I hated it. And I got a lot of shit for it. But, so I guess like I started with Blood Rain, I think it's called. The Genesis one? No, the one for uh the the the, the imitation one. Oh. I don't I'm not sure if I know which one you're talking about. But I'm not I don't know. Dude, I get asked to do more Castlevania games on the show all the time, and I haven't played many. Before this podcast, I had only played a little bit of this original one and that was it. Um I'm slowly learning them now and slowly catching up. I still don't know if I would say they're like my favorite franchise of all time, but like I have grown to, they're fun. They're fun games. I, I think, you know what my problem with it is, is as a little kid, I got so frustrated by the Medusa heads and the bounce back in the stairs and falling through them that I just developed like a phobia of them. And it took me until my mid thirties to get over it and kind of give it a second chance. And now that I have, okay. I'm like, I'm a fan. Like they're, they're neat. I got to play more of them now. Um, I have been pressed. I, I, I just, I don't know. We were both talking before this episode. We weren't sure how much we were going to have to say about it. We're at almost 40 minutes. I don't know. We literally went through every level in the game, every boss, all the power-ups. You can beat this game in 30 minutes. Like it's you not, can, if you're very good, if you're good, I, I will say, I understand why so many people have gotten into speed running it because it's not a long game. And it is a lot of pattern recognition. If it's and that's what makes the NES so good. That's why I love so many of these. Like I wear it as a badge of honor that I can beat games like this and Contra and the Mega Man's and some of those tough NES games, and I can just beat them on the on the up and up. 
because you just have to put in your reps. And this is one of them. Now, I if I redid my top 20 NES games, this would be on my list of 20 for sure. I really enjoyed my I really enjoyed this stupid game. Uh oh, and the infinite continues was a great fucking decision. We yes, like great. not having to go back to the beginning of the game. That yeah. was ideal i don't know if i could have beat it if i had to go back to the like that you have to go back to the beginning of the three-stage segment you're in i can live with if i had to go back to stage one every time i don't know if i ever would have beaten it well and even like because i'm so spoiled by modern games i was just like even the three stage like even going back like two stages was (laughs) like "Mm, no yeah dude modern like so I've always said I don't play I've never played Atari or ColecoVision. I've never played anything pre NES other than like some arcade games. And I don't really have that much interest in them. And I understand why like a fifteen year old or it's excuse me, a ten year old today, why they may not have interest in something like this. Because you're right, it's just a game from a different an era. A different era. I just am a sick freak that I can't get enough of these fucking tough old games. And I, I just I'm so glad I finally put some time into playing this. Now I want to play Castlevania three. That's my next one that I really want to move on to. Uh, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I thought it was great. I, I think I'm out of, I think I'm pretty well out of things to say. I finally have calmed down. I I was so worried this podcast was going to suck. Cause I was raging like a motherfucker on my stream just like half an hour ago, but I've calmed oh, I down. Saw. Now. I was there. Yeah. You were there. I was so, and I was just married. like, you know what? That was me last night too. <laughs> like my fucking girlfriend was just like, we were trying to listen to podcasts and I was just like, Oh, let's go. Did anybody get through this game? And she was like, maybe people are just better at games in the eighties. I mean, she's not wrong. She's but not wrong. St- no, but still, Oh my God. I'm so glad I did it. I love this stupid game. Are we, uh, is that it? Can you think of anything else to talk about? I think we hit on just about, I guess the only other thing is apparently once you beat the game, you can play through it again on like a hard mode. I didn't do Which it, but I, I like, like, as soon as it started again, I was just like, no, it's over <laughs> for me. I like, I like NES games that do that though. Cause it like, it gives you a reason time to keep was playing. The hard mode. Like what? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Right. It is. It, we did. It was fucking hard mode. Oh, I can't even imagine that fucking death fight on hard mode. Fuck me. Ugh. Anyways, um, how the fuck are we going to score this thing? Okay. So I'll let you choose. I have two ideas for scales. One is there's 18 stages, so we can score it out of 18. The other is that death killed me 500 times. And so okay, we, out of 500? Yeah. So, all right. So out of 500. And this is coming from two people that didn't play a lot of Castlevania in the 80s. So this is kind of a tough scale. But what would you... That said, I'm like, this game holds up in 2022 like it held up in 1986. So I don't think this is as hard to score. But what would you score Castlevania out of 500 deaths? 450 out of 500. 450. Fuck, that's a good... I don't know if I'd give it that high. Huh? You know what? Yeah, I think I would. My only real faults with it are that, that bounce back in the ears. Yeah. Like, there's really nothing else wrong with it. Everything else is tough but fair. Like, if you hate it because it's too hard, that's fine. But if you hate it because you think it's cheap, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. It's not cheap. It's not you just cheap. have to like, and I hate like, and I hate saying this because people said it to me after I gave up on Elden Ring. But you just got to get good at it. That's it. You just got to get good, or you save states. Um, either one is acceptable. Or yeah, you you save states, which yeah. is what I 100 percent did. Those yeah. last few things, but like, <laughs> and let me just say, when it, when we found out that you save states in Mario Three, you were raked across the coals by this community 
Nobody better give you shit for that on Castlevania because I think that's fair. I didn't, I, that, this game, this game will break your soul if you're not careful. It is fucking tough, but and it, it absolutely is. And I love to fight. Like I've actually, I actually did receive none of that blowback for Mario three, but I feel like I did kind of deserve it. I did. I got it for you, and it was because your brother fucking called you out. So. Next time you see Bradley, give him a wedgie or something. Because he fucking did it, not me. Um, that was already the plan. But you deserve that for the fucking dropping of Mario's missing in a Castlevania. How dare you sully Castlevania's good name <laughs> with fucking Mario's missing. You son of a bitch. I'm just, I'm just comparing two Duh. equally good masterpieces. I could compare you to a hemorrhoid, you fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's a great note to end this episode on. Um... Fuck yeah. Mark, good stuff, buddy. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for uh, pounding your way through Castlevania over the last few days just to do it with me. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much for having me. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and thank you for playing so much Castlevania to get ready for this episode. And every single one of you nerds listening to this right now, whether this was your first remember the game or your 220th, thank you so much for the support. I very much appreciate it. If you want more Castlevania, I don't know if the video will be live by the time you're hearing this. It might be, but if not, it will be live before the end of the week. YouTube.com slash remember the game, my full playthrough of the original Castlevania where I beat it fair and square, no cheating, a lot of rage, and a lot of fucking deaths uh, will be up over on YouTube. So you can check that out if you're interested. Plus, I have lots of other Let's Plays and stuff over there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, which is where I originally played through Castlevania. Twitch.tv slash game. I have no real set schedule. I just get in there whenever my podcasting, stand-up comedy, and personal life schedule allows for it. But it sure would be great to see you. One thing that is officially scheduled is November 12th to the 13th. I will be streaming for 24 straight hours to try to raise $15,000 for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. It sure would be great if you came by, donate a couple of bucks, you can be entered to win some prizes and keep your ears and eyes peeled because in the coming weeks I'm going to be holding an auction uh, where you'll be able to bid on an episode of Remember the Game. You pick the game we cover. You're my guest. Full-blown, a whole shebang. And all you have to do is donate your winning bid to my uh, Extra Life campaign. So uh, Twitter and Instagram at Member the Game. That's probably where your best bet is to find the details on when that auction is going to go live, all right? Um, oh, yeah, leave me a good review. If you would, I'd appreciate that if you didn't hate the show. And if you want more of these, there's over 250 extra episodes waiting for you at patreon.com slash rememberthegame for as little as $2 a month. And you, you know, keep the lights on around here. You get extra podcasts to listen to. We donate some of that money to charity. It just wins all around, okay? That's going to do it. I'm going to thank a bunch of you nerds for your support and get the hell out of here as I'm contractually obligated to do. I will be back next week with Remember the Game number 221, which will most certainly be about Star Wars Episode One Racer for the Nintendo 64. And uh, in the meantime and in between time, happy Halloween. Be safe. Check your candy. Make sure there's no fucking taxes hidden them or whatever. And uh, I'll talk to you on the next one. Cheers, everybody. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. As I say every week, I am contractually obligated to thank all of our supporters at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthename, and I'm going to do it as quickly and insincerely as... It's, it is very sincere. It sounds insincere. They're very sincere. A huge thank you to... 
Makeshift Mallow Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, why does Andy hate Keeg so much? James Clark, King Bahamut, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Trombley, Eight Town, Morgan, Zayn Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney. G9 PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang, Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Doogie, Wolfmagic21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan420s, Uncle504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Jandy, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, DP Pooper, <laughs> so immature, DP Pooper, Denzalo Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Triple, Chugger 22, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Ray San Wantonga, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Bob Wed, Wed what? Bo oh, Bob, we had a baby, it's a boy. Hey, congratulations, Bob. Oh my God, that took way too long for me to figure out. He put it all as one word. Bob, we had a baby, it's a boy. Fuck it, hey, that's sick. Uh, congrats, buddy. Trav H, <laughs> Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, Laces Out, Dan C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Saustrich, Russell, whose last name I can't pronounce, so I'm not gonna try, because I'll butcher it again. Banjo the Bear, Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brad Hewitt, Gabe Dan Fuselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon who's not a surgeon, Roe, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky Duck, Edred, Jeff PV, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, James Juan Francesco, John the Adult Children Podcast, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Drones Ben K, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bollinger, Lucas, Joey Mercury, IR Jackal, Theron, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Musty Beetle, Bud Lightyear, John M. Watkins, Beef Dingleberry, Michael Barjudina, Hitchy Poo, Arctic Fission, Romaldo Marquez, Connor McCann, Bulma Simp, Mark But Not McHugh, Trevor McKee, Tri Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Zamato, Skillaruni, Angelo Leonardo, Lugnut, Scott Weiss, oh my god, it froze, Bobby Litton, Roger Russell, Kia Pup, nice go Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, Works For Me, McGrathen, Heman Demon, James Senabria, Derek Cox, Dakota Guy, Alexander Camps, Toad Spit, Ryan Perry, Alex R, It's the Bigfoot, Graham, Itchy Nutsaru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, John Drews, Solomon Soto, Darth Skywalter, Denton Van Zandt, West Gen, Nick Creature, Hattrick Swayze, Adam Martinet, and Black Widow. Oh my God, that was a rough one. Thanks so much, everybody. You're the best. Talk to you later. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. And fuck the stairs in this game. Fuck those stairs, seriously. <laughs>